hello everyone welcome to the villa together podcast with myself chris ellis and ian gillett and today we are joined by a very 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 special guest as you guys can see which is ex aston villa man current everton man yannick balassi yannick welcome welcome thanks man thanks guys thanks pleasure to be on thanks thanks for coming on very much appreciated uh, it's nice to to have a current pro on um and also, you know, someone that, uh, you know, is kind of highly regarded in the game and, uh, you know, all that, the good positive energy is not nice to bring yeah. the podcast. Um, so, yeah, so just diving in, just obviously start with um, your time at yeah. Villa. So, Yannick, obviously yeah. uh, you joined us in the summer of 2018 on Yeah, yeah. What we want to know from you is, obviously, that, that summer was quite a traumatic time to be a Villa fan. We were going through a okay. lot um, inside the club in terms of the finances, the ownership. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. Just talk us through joining in that summer and what the atmosphere was like uh, around the club just after we'd been taken over by Wes and, and Naz and sort of saved yeah. from the brink of administration. Um, honestly, well, obviously, I, I need to talk about how, how Villa kind of came up. So I was doing pre-season at that time and I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't fit. I was injured, you know, with my leg and stuff. Like my, my leg basically was, you know, deteriorating in muscle. So I had to basically build it up and the window closed and... As I knew, like, okay, I'm getting stronger kind of thing, you know. Um, I need to make sure that I have games. Well, there's never guaranteed games, but some sort of formula where I'd have a chance, good chance of playing games on a regular basis. And obviously Villa, Villa came and Steve Bruce at the time, the gaffer, took me knowing my condition and stuff, you know. So I, I just want to say, first of all, like, I'd like to thank him because... You know, today, if I'm the player that I am, again, it's because he gave me that chance to play games. So, I, from you guys' perspective, you know, I was playing 20 minutes a game for 10 times. I don't know if you remember, 10, 11 times, and everyone's thinking, what's going on? We're paying this guy, whatever, we're paying his wages, but he's only coming off of the bench, like, for, like, 10 games. But what the background, the background script behind that was... That was the build-up for me to get in fit. And that's, that's the only amount of minutes I could play at that time. So it was crazy. But like going on to the atmosphere and stuff, when I came in, it, it was like a, it was perfect match for me. Just because I knew the players there, like the Millets, the Jednak, Adoma. I played against Hutz, Willow, and obviously Jack as well also knew that timing was coming as well. So for me, it was like a, a no-brainer going there, even though I probably could have stayed at Everton and decided to get fit. I knew the atmosphere there was going to be a better place for me in general to go to because of the players that were there, the people that I knew. So when I went in there, I felt like I was at home, if I'm honest. The atmosphere didn't feel like a club that, had been in a roller coaster with like the administration and stuff, didn't have that feel at all. Did not have that feel, if I'm honest. That's uh, it's really interesting because from an outside, like you say, about those those 20 minute slots for us yeah. as fans, 
time, we could see what you had done previously at the likes of Crystal Palace and the excitement yeah. you bring to a game with your skills, your energy, you're nothing yeah. but 100%. Yeah. And for us, getting on from the outside, it's yeah. really difficult. And uh, if that had been sort of communicated to us as fans at the time, we could have slightly changed our mindsets. But we're thinking, we've got this man, Yannick Balassi. We looked at the start of that summer and we we're potentially mm -hmm. going into administration with the previous owner. Yeah. And then some, we've managed yeah. to turn it around. We've got the new owners in and we've had a pretty good window. With, like you say, bringing the likes of Tammy on loan, Axel from yeah. Man United as well. Yeah, and thinking, yeah Axe as well. Yeah, people that yeah. I still talk to today. So, yeah. And we're suddenly thinking, oh, OK, we've got a good chance of promotion again with this squad yeah. on paper. So it's it's, uh, it's really interesting that that concept that you were signed and sort of Steve Bruce knew that and the club knew that, that you were sort of building yourself back up, getting your leg back to 100%. Yeah. Uh, that's really interesting. And then sort of talk us through how um, sort of the conversations that go on behind a transfer like that, a, a sort of a last minute loan deal with um, Steve Bruce convincing you and, and obviously the, you convincing the club as well. So for me, it, it was a case where the last minute I was... I was like, okay, because obviously I had the the chance. I knew um, I knew Tony Pulis at Middlesbrough well as well. But my thing was obviously I knew I, I know Steve Bruce just over over the years and stuff. But my thing was like the connection with the players at the time was like uh, it was like no, you know, and I can already tell just from like coming to watch or coming to the training ground first. Going around and play, just the, the atmosphere was bubbly. You know, then I came to the stadium before I even signed, you know, the fans and stuff were like, so for me, it was like, wow, you know, I spoke to the missing and stuff, I was like, wow, like, what an incredible club. But you don't realize, I know how big Villa is, but I didn't know how big Villa was to actually step there and went to the training ground, went to the ground and went around the boxes looking around. It was like, wow, you know, this is. This is this is a Premier League club in the Championship. What's going on here? You know, but for me it was a great opportunity. You know, and I could tell like the atmosphere, the vibe, you know, just the electricity around the place. You know, was like ah, you know, and even till today, I still say to everyone the atmosphere there is is a joke. Like in the changing room, and you can see. I, I don't know if people can see it from the outside, but when you guys was in trouble last year, for example, I was like. Yeah, no, they got too much in the in the change room. The atmosphere there, you know, it's too too electric for them to. They all die for each other on the pitch there, and that's the difference, you know. That's why I knew actually, with like Dean Smith and you know JT, and that said, nah, no chance they'll go down. Even though it might look like outside, oh, they spent a lot of money or whatever. Said no chance. The atmosphere there, everyone's tight knit. They've been through that last year when. We was on a losing run and then you ended up, obviously I left by that time, you ended up winning 10 games in a row. I, it wasn't no surprise to me, personally, because I knew the atmosphere in that place, in the changing room, it's good. Even for people like, for example, like Michael Richards wasn't playing, uh, Mark Bunn, these players still brought good energy, good vibes into the changing room and... Honestly, I'm saying to myself, nah, that change room there, there's something different. 
and you could see it on the pitch now, even when they're playing now. So, for example, they've got good characters in there. You know, I know Ross Barkley as well, who's coming out for all. Oh, that's a match made in heaven. Villa, I think. If he comes on and does what I know what he can do, him and Jack, John, obviously, I see Douglas Costa, um, Douglas Louise, sorry. And then obviously, Mings came in after me as well. You know, so all of these players, I, I, I speak to them still till today, you know, and that tells me a lot of why Villa's doing well, just because of the atmosphere of the players, how it is in the changing room, because I can imagine, and I see all of it on my snap, the Keenan Davis and that, it's, it's a joke. I don't think, I don't think I can explain or speak more highly of the changing room there. Like, like for me, it didn't feel like you're going to work, but put it that way, yeah? You didn't feel like you're going to work. Are you going to go on record and say it's the best changing room you've ever been in then, Yannick? <laughs> you know, it's, got, it's, it's very close to the Palace changing room that got promoted into the Premier League. So when, I, when you guys got promoted, I was not surprised. When you guys got out the, um, the relegation, but I stayed in the Premier League, I, for me, I, that was no surprise because I know like those guys will actually fight for each other to the death. So it was like, yeah, that, that's normal for me. But obviously, from an outsider, you wouldn't know. But where I've been in there, in the changing room, and I've seen how it is, the atmosphere, like, you want to stay around. I'm leaving home. I'm leaving to go home at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. You know, when we start training at 9, at, at 10 o'clock, we finish at 12. I'm leaving that place at 3 or 4. Just because, you know, I don't feel like, you know, I had to go home. <laughs> you get what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's been good. That's good. That's good to hear. And they'll see that buys well for the future going forward with what we yeah, want to build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to think so, you know what I mean? Hopefully I don't get proved wrong, but yeah, I'd like to think so. Yeah, that is that is good to hear. I think, um, you know, like you mentioned, like, like Micah Richards and stuff like that, and I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people gave him a kind of, a, a bit of stick because he couldn't play for us, but yeah, the kind of, the whisperings and murmurs that I, I heard was that he was great in the dressing room and you, you've kind of shown, you know, you, you've just, you've just said that. Yeah. And obviously that, I think a happy dressing room, mm -hmm. is, you know, it reflects then onto the pitch. And yeah, yeah. Facts. If, 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 people, facts. if people are enjoying their football, then, it's, you know, I imagine that you guys... You, you can see it, you know. You can express yourself then, can't you? And it's easy yeah. to play. And it's, you know, I imagine the difference between... There's obviously got to be a bit of a balance, but in terms of difference between a happy dressing room and, say, a strict dressing room... You know, sometimes will reflect on the pitch, and you're able to. But don't get me wrong; there were characters that made it strict as well. But there was there was a good balance. You had the Glenn Whelan, the Alan Hutz, Miller Jednet. These guys were all serious, but sometimes they laugh as well. But then when it was on the pitch, training pitch, it was work, and that worked perfect. You know, that worked perfect. Yeah, I, I, I probably remember everyone that was there. You know, so you know, even to Jonathan Codger, Albert Doma, who was like one of my good mates. You know, so much people that I had a, a kick with straight away it was like amazing, amazing times. I'm not gonna lie. If for the short time that was, whenever I think, I'm like, actually, you know, I, I had fun there. I had fun there. I had a lot of fun there. I think that that's good to hear, isn't it? For being a Villa fan, that you know that because I think over the years football's changed, hasn't it? And I think yeah. Well, from the outside looking in, they think it's changed that much. It's like a job for them. They go to work yeah. for themselves. Everything's so strict. 
So it's great as a fan and an Aston, like a football fan and an Aston Villa fan, hearing you say about the, like, you know, the fun that you had and how much you enjoyed it. Yeah, that, that, you know that makes me feel amazing. You know that you, that, that that kind of stuff still goes on and everything. Mm -hmm. um, because it, you know it's you want that, especially you know you, you spend a lot of time with these guys. They're your teammates, and they're, they're probably a bit more than your teammates, aren't they? They're good friends as well. Um, yeah. So for you guys to enjoy yourself, um, it's amazing. What about when you? So obviously you you've mentioned about you came in. Obviously you, you had the bad injury. It was all a case of building up your fitness. You, mm -hmm. you, and I think it was um, your first your first goal was it Rotherham in front of the Holt end yeah diving header yeah Holt end <laughs> yes you know how buzzing I was for that oh wow yeah you know I, I remember that goal I remember saying to someone else saying Yannick Balassi doesn't score I've never known him score a header let alone a diving header uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that must have been amazing, amazing for you to score in front of the Holt and the first, you know, your first goal. For yeah, because obviously at that time where I I knew the schedule coming on twenty minutes, they're gonna. So I'm working hard during the week, but then that Saturday twenty um, or, or Tuesday twenty minutes was like time to relieve myself, you know, because the work's been put in the background at the training ground, you know, three gym sessions a week, you know, with the physios, um, Al, John, Rob, oh, you know, some of them exercises that I was doing till today, I'm thinking, oh my days, I was actually sweating in there, you know, but then, you know, scoring a goal obviously helped the whole cause, you know, and you're just saying, okay, I got to go with the flow, I got to take it steadily, because at times, you know, at times at Villa, obviously moving forward from, you know, the, the goal and stuff, it was great, you know, to score in the whole 10 and stuff, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't explain the feeling, you know, and having the players come and like, salute me at the time because they, they saw the work that I'm doing in the background, you know, this, this is why I feel like attached, even though I was there for a short period of time, I still feel like attached. I'm looking at Villa scores every time. You know, I message, I message, I tried to message Jack, all the time, you know, like, yeah, like what you're doing and stuff like that, because, you know, I only send that positive energies and I, I know him how to speak like that. And if I feel like I saw something that, you know, um, actually, Jack, maybe you could have done that. I feel like I could say that to him, you know? Yeah. Because Jack is like that, you know, he's humble and he, he likes to learn and he's still learning and he's, he's a top player. Obviously, everyone knows that. Yeah. What about then um, kind of a, a pivotal game? Mm -hmm. you, that you had a, a big involvement in was the, the Preston game at home. Um, you came off the bench, scored a goal. Um, I think you did. You win the penalty that Glenn Whelan missed, which was um, obviously it's it's it's, it's well renowned for um, yeah for a cabbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> but like like I said at, at that time there, it would have been a good chance for me to like get on the score sheet again. But like I said, with the players in the change room and stuff, I, I, it was just like a good could bounce off each other so I said nah, listen I'll let Glenn have it because I, I was confident that Glenn would score but obviously I didn't know at that time that Glenn hadn't taken a penalty you know? <laughs> I don't know I just go yeah. what i seen training and what i seen training and stuff is ability he can pass the ball he can strike a ball and you know have this in the bag and then we move and then that happened I was like okay but it is what it is at the end of the day and it you know, one of those one of those crazy moments, I guess, in football. Like, yeah, it was, it, never, it was a crazy game, wasn't it? Because I think we were we were winning, weren't we? And then James Chester got sent off. 
um, totally, you know, they Preston Preston second half they they came on to us and the game yeah. changed. Obviously, you came on, the game changed again, and I think one of the things at the time a lot of people were saying was, "Why isn't Balassi taking the penalty? You know, why is why is Whelan taking it?" And we were like, "What? Why?" <laughs> and I suppose that that kind of things happens, doesn't it? That um, you know, the positivity. And all the happiness that's going on, you think, yeah, go on, yeah, you take it, you know. Yeah, 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 you just almost like shove, yeah, go on, you know. Where obviously nat- natural goal scorers and that they're looking that with a role player teeth going, ah, that's mine, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, that's mine, you know. They're not letting that go, but with me and stuff, where you know, I've never been that kind of goal scorer like that. Yeah, it would be good, like, but I was just like, yeah, no problem, you know. I trust the teammates to score. Um. Obviously, the kind of the aftermath of that that game, so to speak, yeah. was Dean Smith losing his job. Uh, sorry, Steve Bruce losing his job and Dean just, yeah. coming in. What was the kind of feeling around the club then when the, the change of manager happened? Um, it was it was it was definitely down, you know, around the place for sure because I think like Steve Bruce had an effect around the whole place, you know, with like. I know the, the the workers as well. I think just in general, he was a good person to all of them, and you know they all spoke highly of him. And everyone had just got used to um, a little formality because I think he was there for about two years, I guess, isn't it? Steve um, Bruce, yeah. So up until that, you know, the, the, I think everyone went back into a little bit of normality because you almost got promoted the season before. And they thought that this season was going to be the one kind of thing. It did end up being the one, you know. So, but there was a, there was a little bit of a downer around the place. Um, for me personally, it was a bit of a downer. But then at the same time, I've been through the game where I've said actually I've, I've had a lot of managers at Everton. I think I was on my third manager by the time I went to Aston Villa. So, you know, nothing new there, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. What personally? Um... What about the, you know, what what about Dean Smith coming in? Was there anything kind of different that he did with you compared to what Steve Bruce did with you? No, we, obviously when um, um, the guy for Dean Smith came in, it, it was there wasn't nothing different. We just we we kind of just gathered that you know I think we'd be more on the front foot, which to some extent you know probably suited. A lot of the players at that time there, and I was only getting fitter, so you know I was only trying to make a state um, to get into the team. So yeah, for me, like that, that it was good, you know. JT as well came in, you know, and that 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 was a, a big lift around the place, you know. Champion like JT around, now I was doing stuff with him after after training. You know, a, a lot of the days, you know, and he was like to me, listen, have confidence in your ability and stuff. But at that time there, where I'm just coming back, it's almost like, yeah, I've got confidence in my ability, but I needed that edge. I needed someone to say, actually, Jan, come on, you can do it. You know, and, and JT was almost that, that guy for me, you know, because I played against him. He's like, come on, you've played against me. You know, you've played against top, Premiership players or fullbacks, <clears throat> centre backs. So, you know, why not? But at the time with the injury and stuff, there's a lot of things that go on with your head that you don't realise. It's only now that I look back, I'm like, you know, 
you know, I wanted it all to be there and then straight away. Why? Because I wanted to impress the fans. I wanted to be like, because I knew what the stadium was like, that stadium atmosphere was like, and it was like, if I could get the fan appreciation, yeah, like, it'd take me to a, another level, you know? And that's all I was after, really, because the atmosphere of the stadium, you know, for me was, was amazing. I, and I, I've always enjoyed playing at Villa Park as well when I played against, so. Atmosphere, yeah. When you're on the on the on the same team, whoa! It was um, it was an interesting start for Dean Smith because his <clears> first <throat> game we had the the victory at home, the one 0 where Tammy scored the header, um, and then we, I think we lost two on the bounce, um, both away from home against Norwich and QPR. And yeah. then we sort of put a few good results together. Together, I yeah, was, yeah, I remember. Derby game where, if I remember correctly, and the Middlesbrough away where you sort of came to the fore and we saw that energy, we saw that skill that you bring to every yeah. game, saw that passion, and we we got a couple of good results. And included in that was yeah. the uh, the Derby victory at home. Derby Middlesbrough, and then we had the the madness with Nottingham Forest, didn't it? Yeah, the five five. The five five. Oh my days! Wow. And also in that in that cluster of games was the uh, the actual derby game against Birmingham City, the four two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it has to go on record, Yannick. We have to thank you for that misplaced pass to Kodja that got intercepted by I think it was Pedersen, the Blues defender, that happened to fall then... to the Scottish <laughs> Capu. <laughs> uh, you, you don't try things you never know. You know, like, exactly. I'm um, trying to go forward every time. What we witnessed, it will be folklore for the rest of eternity with Villa yeah, fans, and especially because it happened in front of the Holt End. I remember that, turning to my old man in the Holt End that day, and I was just in sheer disbelief at what the Scottish cafe had just done. I was, oh, looking, at my, man. I was that, looking around me saying, has Hutton really just done that? And you could see from the reaction of like the likes of you and Tammy at the time, you were just like bewildered what had uh, just yeah, gone no, no, You know, it, it was when he picked it up and he started going, started going, started going. I'm saying, he's not going to pass it here, you know? Short left foot goal. The roar, like the... My ears, till today, I can feel that ring. The roar, like, was that. And I just ran. And I see him standing out. And he was just like, oh, my days. Uh, like, words can't explain. That was, like, the atmosphere. I was like, oh, my days. The atmosphere here is mad. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. The atmosphere is crazy. Because the boy was saying, yeah, wait till you see the atmosphere here at Villa Park. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've been, I've played in some good stadiums. I've played in the Congo Derby where there's 80,000 roaring singing. Played in the Palace Derby. I've played in some good stadiums. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when, 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 when that went in and I heard the roar, yeah, that's something else. Something else. I came off the bench and I was like, oh my God, I, I, I'm in the right spot here, man. I've landed in the right spot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was thinking in my head, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's amazing to hear because obviously derby games, they do get disputed and you always have this dispute with other fans from other cities, like what's the biggest derby? And um, for some reason, the national media as well, they don't they don't pay that much attention to the Second City Derby, but yeah, until no, you no, experience no. it, you don't know what it's like. And no, that's so what I mean. Am, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be on that pitch at that time. You know, I, I yeah. was grateful, I'm grateful to be on that pitch at that time. Like, words can't explain that. Like, it's only, I can only 
go and relive that if I go and watch the video and see how it's come and then you see me running up like celebrating. So I felt like I scored. <laughs> you know, I felt like I scored. That's I was going to say, I think, there was, I think there was 42,000 of us in the stadium that day um, that all, like, we'd just scored and were the hero for Villa when he popped that one in. Because the game at the time was on a bit of a knife edge. Blues had just yeah. scored to get themselves back into it at 3-2. And you're thinking, oh, if they get the next one, it's going to be sort mm -hmm. of uh, a draw. But yeah, I think there was a lot of relief and um, yeah. sheer excitement when that goal went in. But how did yeah. you come down after a game like that with just so much emotion? I, I remember exactly. So I went home and I had to do a video. I said, guys, just experience the um, the Midlands Derby. Like, oh my days. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm going to try and find that video. I've got it somewhere. But I was like, yeah, that was sick. Like, you know, you just got at home fresh and you're thinking, wow, that was like amazing, you know, amazing experience. You know, okay, for you guys that said about the the the, um, the Villa and Birmingham derby, ah, oh, I, I got to give my hands up to you. I put my hands up to you guys. You guys were right. <laughs> That's brilliant. And so moving on, obviously we went sort of into the Christmas period, and yeah. after that cluster of games where we had some crazy results, um, mm -hmm. it, we were a bit inconsistent and yeah. um, sort of fell, fell away a little bit. Um, I remember I was in Australia at the time and I was travelling uh -huh. to see some kids out there and with the time difference I was waking up to at 4am, 3am in the morning to check the results over the Christmas mm -hmm. period um, and then sort of, we had, I think it started at the start of December with the 2-2 draw against Baggies and then I think, uh, was it Boxing Day or News Oh, we should have won that, ain't it, Baggies? Yeah, yeah, we should have won that one. Right. I remember that one perfectly, we should have won that. Yeah. Uh, and then um, sort of that period, we got that period out of the way. And then we're coming towards the end of January. We're mm -hmm. thinking, well, the window's nearly over. Not much is going to happen. And then it was announced that you were getting released, going back to Everton. Um, what was the decision and who were the key decision makers behind that? So, was it yourself so, personally? So, or was so, it of... so, so the key decision maker was myself at that time there. Because what I, what, what I was looking at was like, for me... Because where, where we was, um, where I was still getting fit and playing, I think I was playing up to 60 minutes right at that time there. My head, something just kept saying in my head, I need to have confidence in my body to play 90 minutes after, after, after the injury. So my thinking there was like, listen, I probably need to cut my loan at Villa and go somewhere where I'm able to play 90 minutes just to make sure that I'm confident in my body again, you know, personally, because what, what, what at that time the Villa were, got, um, were, were trying to get promoted and I was like, okay, I can't, I can't afford to go to the end of the season and basically not finish the game because I don't know how that would stead for me in the future being 29 going on to 30 at that point. So hence why when it came round, I had to uh, I had to make a, a very 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 tough decision. I remember I was sitting there with my missus, and I'm going, you know, it was like it wasn't like flick of the coin, but it was almost like I had to put my health first regarding me finishing, you know, games like that stuff, and that that was the the most important thing for me, you know, moving forward, just 
for my head to to function in any normal way moving forward. Yeah, it's, um, it's really good to hear because obviously at the time it's, it's another one of those where the fans aren't let in too much in terms of the, the, the background and the information behind those sort of decisions. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. good to hear from yourself that it was actually you personally that sort of made the, the decision and sort of sacrificed your time at Villa, cut it short, so that you could get those sort of 90 minutes without the pressure of feeling like you were going to be letting the fans down in the pursuit That's of promotion. What, I, 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 and, and that was the main thing for me. It was like, do I want to be at Villa, big club, letting down and not playing to my capabilities because... I'm not getting the time to show what I can do properly because I'm not where I suppo- I'm supposed to be. So I, I ended up doing that myself just because I'm saying, actually, you know, for, for my own health, I think that's the, the best thing I, I could have done. And, you know, even though today I still think, oh, you know, some people ask me, oh, don't you think? I said, yeah, but, you know, because obviously Villa ended up getting promoted, but it worked out both ways because we ended up, I think we end we ended up getting Mings and, you know, and that that helped the team, you know, because obviously the team must have been paying my wages at that time there. So, yeah, for me at that time there, I think like, even when I think about it today, I'm like, Ooh, was that a decision where it was a bit ropey? Sometimes I might think like, actually, oh, what happened if I could have stick out? But then I'm saying to myself, but I am where I am today. Because I did that, you know, but I'm still grateful to Villa, you know, and obviously when it came out, it didn't come out in the right manner, you know, it almost looked like things got done and it was almost, I guess it was a shock to everyone, you know, even for the way it come out and stuff, I was like, oh, that's not going to look good on me, you know, but like the time will come where hopefully I can rectify that and that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I, th- I think that that was the thing, I think everything that, that came out saying it, that you were going back to Everton, it was literally one line saying that, that you, you know, that you'd cut your loan short, you'd come back to Everton. That was it. And you kind of think, okay, what, you know, what's going on here? And, and there was nothing, you know, you know, they could have said in there, you know, y- Yannick feels X, Y, and Z. I'm like, oh, okay. Because the fans be kind of being in the dark, they then, you know, mm-hmm. I think all football fans do that. But, you know, from experience, a lot of Aston Villa fans do it as well in terms of, they almost think the worst. Oh, well, Yannick's... Yeah, 100%. And, and they would think that till today. I get it. But I've still got relationships at Villa. You know what I mean? I was like... When when I went to watch the FA Cup final. You know, that, 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 that's how I finished my season at Andelet. And then I was at Villa in the playoff final. I'm going to watch. You know, because I can be there. Just because my relationships there, personally, for me, I don't think they've been burned like that and I might be different for the fans because obviously they've seen a total different perspective of when I left but my relationships over there still still come you know uh, it's good to hear I think the thing as well is that uh, and this is this is just it's football in general I think that when the fans looking in they don't always look at everything so I suppose yeah. looking, at, looking at you the injury you had then going to Aston Villa, so obviously you make a decision to go to Aston Villa to play football, 20 minutes here and stuff like that, and things like that. All your decisions that you're making is obviously for your career, which mm-hmm. which is part of the bigger picture, you know, for you and your family, yeah. that kind of stuff. So I think people have to bear those kind of things in mind. It's not a case of that you just think, all right, I'm going back to Everton, see you later. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. You have to think about your career. 
obviously, the, you know, the long-term injury that you had comes into everything as well. So, and at the end of the day, it's just one of those things that happens in football, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, you've, you've made that decision. And it, like you say, you know, I think depending on, um, you know, you, you went and I think we then, we, we brought in um, Toro Mings, Corbett yeah. on loan. Yeah. So in terms of loan players, we probably were mm-hmm. able to then get, get two extra because you... That's what I mean. So, you know, it, 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 in hindsight, it, it, it kind of worked because yeah. I'm saying to myself, well, if I'm not there where I want to be, because I remember getting frustrated with myself at times, you know, when I had people like Alan Hutz, Glenn Wheelow, Miller Jenner saying, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take time. But I couldn't believe it that time. I'm like, no, I want it now. I wanted it now, you know, and, you know, hence why part of my decision as well was that actually, you know, I don't believe it's now. And the only way I can see myself getting back to health, full health, as in my believing in myself, my full ability, you know, would be down to me. And that would be down to finishing games, yeah. finishing games, which I had the chance to do at Anderlecht. And I got that at Anderlecht and I'm grateful for. But like I said, the relationships with, at Villa, Till today, you know, you know, I still speak to all the players, well, the players that were there, you know, and yeah. I tried to communicate and show support because I know what the changing room was like, you know, and that feeling there, you know, you go away, no matter who you are, you remember that changing room, you're saying, nah, that's a great bunch of lads there, you know, and I yeah. felt like I let down a lot of them, if I'm honest, I yeah. do, I felt like I let down, I let down a lot of them, because I, I was getting, in training was like, Loads of battles with Chesy, um, Axe, you know, and El Ghazi, all of these players, like all of these players, like now today, like I, I see them like, as my friends, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's no, good, that is, that's good. And it's, I think that's, that's, that's a part of football that fans sometimes don't always see the kind of mm-hmm. and the relationships that people build and stuff like that. Because I think sometimes as well, like in your, in your case, I think fans sometimes think a lone player comes in they don't care. They'll go back to their parent club and that's that. But obviously, as you've, you know, mm. you've mentioned a number of times, that you still still keep in touch with a lot of the players that you obviously met at Aston Villa. Yeah. So it, it's kind of nice to see. Yeah. Like like when I look back at look, look back at the, uh, the the choice that I've made like to now, I feel like totally different as a player, like running wise, everything changing direction. And it's like, oh, imagine I was like that there. With, with those fans behind me oh my days it's like a perfect match in heaven but unfortunately you don't always get the, the perfect match in heaven you know and you know so yeah. it is but yeah so going back we're going to go back to the mm-hmm. start start of your career yeah kind of touch on that briefly um, kind of what was it that you know you're obviously starting your career there's teams like I think you started at Hillingdon Borough yeah Hillingdon Borough yeah then you had, a spell, you, you had a spell in Malta as well, didn't you? Yeah, I went, I, I went Malta for uh, a season. Uh, a season, just one season, yeah, from 18 to 19. So what, what was that kind of like, obviously being at Hillingdon and then going to Malta? What was that like? you know, I, I, At the time, for me, it was a case of like, I'm just playing football. And yeah. I was grateful to be playing football at... Uh, I would say it was a decent level at that time because you're, you're training every day. It's like almost like it's your job, but it's not your job. I never looked at football like that as a job, but it was like, oh, I'm playing football like three or four times a day 
or I mean, three or four times a week professionally and playing a game. So for me, it was like a no-brainer to go out there. Yeah. You know, I was always with Hill and Borough. I used to play for my um, my college academy, the Hill and Borough um, first team, all reserves on a Saturday, and then I had the Sunday Sunday league team. So I was playing four games a week, but also doing training on the Monday and Thursday. So pretty much. Every day occupied playing football, but Malta almost gave me the chance to um, redo it, but like in a sort of like amateur professional environment. And also, you know, at that time there, I didn't know anything about it, but like getting paid for it. I think when you look at your your career and certainly your early days, yeah, it's almost like it reflects your your personality, reflects on your kind of journey in football. Obviously, you, you made your name kind of in the low leagues, the, the, the likes of Barnet, Plymouth, mm-hmm. and then obviously you kind of go into Crystal Palace and stuff like that. So what about in terms of when you were with the likes of, you know, Plymouth, Barnet, uh, Rushton and Diamonds, you know, that time in the Football League, what, how big was that for you in terms of your career going forward? That, that, that's, that's been a massive, massive, massive part in my development and what the player that I've turned into today because first of all when I when I signed for Plymouth I went straight out on loan to Rushton Diamonds who were in the conference and I remember playing there at Rushton um, till January that was like October to January and then Barnett came in and it was like actually this is great for me a step up to League 2 you know to, to test myself and ended up going Barnett I ended up going Barnet um, and then coming back the season, the following season, staying there till January, then went back to Plymouth, who were in the champ but got relegated from the champ into League One. So then I ended up playing League One. So for me, it was like, okay, cool, great that I've made my debut in the champ, but now I'm getting the chance to play League One. So I've played all the leagues, you know, and development-wise, I remember I used to get pushed off the ball so much. So much, and I was like, every time I got to the byline, you just see someone fall and put me into the into the stands, and I was like, I need to get stronger. I need to get stronger. I don't want to be pushed off the ball like this. But it's it's not until I ended up in the Premier League where I had my real strength, you know. And I was like, actually, I'm a brute compared to some of these guys because I thought it'd be the same in the Premier League kind of thing. I thought they would be a lot more stronger than what they are in the Conference League One, League Two, and in the Champ. So I basically built myself up to play in those leagues, but then ended up being a Premier League player. And, you know, the rest from there was like, oh, history kind of thing, because I started knowing actually I'm a lot stronger than a lot of these guys here. And quick, fast, got my got got my technical abilities, skills if I need it to use and go past people. Couldn't really complain. Couldn't really complain. It's like it just fell on my lap. It just fell on my lap. I did. Um, I did say to myself at the age of 16, I want to be in the Premier League by 24. And it was crazy. When I made it into the Premier League at age of 24, never expected it because I was in and out of Bristol City's team um, the season before I went to Palace. So the 2011-12, I was in and out of the Bristol City team. In and out and... Ended up going to Palace. Palace were bottom of the champ of the championship after four games. And in that season, ended up getting promoted. Like, it was 
uh, unbelievably crazy. So when I think about like, wow, and I that, as that turned 24, I'm in the Premier League, I was like, oh my days, God works in mysterious ways. But wow, like that achievement there, to say that at 16 and actually do it at the age of 24, you know, for me, the rest was like, now you need to go and enjoy it. So when I was playing in the Premier League, playing with no fear, I, I, like at times people say, oh yeah, what do you think of like the step up? I don't even think about no step up. Saying, I'm, I'm here, I'm going to enjoy it. You know, <laughs> I didn't think about no step up in the Premier League. I just thought, whoa, I'm here on this stage. I'm going to enjoy it because I didn't get to play the playoff final growing up yeah. from Palace. So I missed out on the playoff final. So all my anger was like, I was happy that we got promoted and I was happy for the team and the group because the change room again at that time with Palace was amazing so when I ended up doing that but I, I didn't get to play the playoff final it's almost like oh my anger's got to come out in the Premier League and I just started going boop 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 started bulking up started becoming this machine kind of thing because before I was like wiry I was strong but now I just knew actually no I'm stronger than a lot of people and I, I and almost like on the wing players that a, a number nine hold up man so I hold you off but then if you drop off me, then I can turn and get at you. But if you did come tight, I can still run in behind. So, yeah, there was a lot of things that I could do. And, you know, people would never think I think like that. But this was all part of my own development, you know. And what I learned just playing in the leagues and playing consistently, regular game time, regular football. And I feel like when I was at Villa, going back to it, I needed that IQ again of, like, knowing where I am on the pitch. Because if you think last for that last for the year that I was out injured, I was watching all my clips from before, yeah, not thinking, thinking, yeah, I'm gonna be back the same. But I didn't, I um, I didn't believe, I didn't actually. I was thinking that I'm not. I I didn't know if whether I was gonna be the same. I was just watching my clips, thinking, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be back the same. Not thinking like the injury had a big impact on the way. I was going to move again or how the brain sends a signal down to, to that right knee of mine and stuff was totally different. So I had to get back that football IQ again. And hence why at that time there, I just, in my head was like, it was like, kept pounding. Like, you need to finish 90 minutes. You need to be able to finish games. Games. You need to finish games to get back to that rhythm and flow of what you know, what you can be like. You know, and that's all I wanted to do, prove people that actually you can come back from an injury, you can come back strong and better. And yeah. It's, it's so true, uh, Yanni. When you talk about sort of the stuff you do on a pitch and, and me and Chris, we, we only ever made it to Sunday League, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> it's a lot of what you do on the pitch is that visual memory bank and that tools that you have, sort yeah. of the messaging that goes from your brain to your limbs and your legs. So it's really important, isn't it? And that, that time you had yeah. from sort of two, 2012 to 2016 at Palace, do you, would you sort of describe that as the time where you really came alive and, and you felt at home it was a perfect match made in heaven for you? Because you, you ended up getting to the yeah. FA Cup final. You, you could say it was definitely a, perf a perfect match, you know, um, just because of the way I played then. And obviously we had um, Wilf on the other wing as well and Glenn Murray was putting him away but then over the years like with the different managers coming in and so I was just growing and learning different things I was always like a sponge willing to learn and willing to make myself better you know how can I help the team how can I cement my team 
um, how can I cement my place in the team? You know, because, okay, if you wasn't scoring that much goals, which these days, you know, you have to score a lot of goals to, to be staying in them from three positions. You know, how can, how can I cement my, uh, my place? And my place was like, okay, cool. I was always playing against roughly against two or three players. I could create goals. Sometimes I would score not a great amount, but I could. Uh, but also helping the team going back, like with Tony Poulis, he probably came and helped me learn how to defend, as in like in, 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 shape, in shape form. So that always put me in a good position to attack. And that enabled me to stay in the team longer because no one else could do what I do on on my side of the pitch. So, yeah, it's been a great learning curve and I'm still learning till today. And it's great. I, 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 I love it, to be honest. Yeah, I suppose the more managers you have and the, the bigger sort of philosophy that you get sort of put in place when you have different styles of managers and they want to do different things on the pitch. Like you said, Tony yeah. Pulis, um, he likes his defensive structure. Um, yeah. But you look at football and the modern day football today, a lot of your wingers, they have to be resolute when it comes to that defensive side of the game. Because if, if you're not, you'll you'll look and yeah. you'll see, like Villa did against Liverpool at the start of the season, the 7-2 was because they didn't have that defensive structure that they needed. That's what I mean. So, so if you're not if you're not tracking, a lot of the fullbacks these days are all attacking, as you would know, with like Mighty Cash and... Um, his name, the left back, target. You know, they, they like bombing forward. If you're not tracking back, that's free assist for them. They're crossing it in and players are scoring on the other side if you're not tracking back. So that side there helped me. For me, getting switched on on that definitely helped me cement my place more on the team because I was able to do that. But then also take them the other way. Yeah, exactly. And then sort of, what would you say was your biggest influence on your sort of playing style? I remember watching a, um, a clip of you in the build-up to the um, 2016 FA Cup final. And I think you uh, you and the reporter went back to your sort of old stomping ground. It was at Unity Close where, in Wilson. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were, they were showing sort of the, the cage and the sort of multi-use games area where you were sort of playing yeah. all your football growing up. And it was, it was a brilliant yeah. clip. I remember sort of watching it at the time and I wasn't a brilliant footballer when I was younger and I didn't, my game didn't develop till I was probably about 16, 17 and I was at college, uh, but I was playing a lot of sort of futsal, sort of indoor yeah, 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 compact. Yeah. And that uh -huh. reminded me so much of that sort of thing. You, you back in Wilston and Unity Close looking at that cage and how you yeah. developed. So the, obviously the cage, the cage that you saw there on that video is totally, it, it's different to what we had before. You know, but I can't explain. I wish I had a picture as well. I don't think I would. But um, like just playing in there with, let's say, imagine 40 other people in there. We're all trying to shoot at one goal only because we're playing the game World Cup, as you would know. You guys would know World Cup. The kids these days don't know about World Cup doubles or World <laughs> Cup singles. Um, but yeah, playing World Cup, World Cup singles and stuff and you're trying to get through loads of people to score. That's why everything that I've trained it's been instinctive. You know, if I see someone, yeah, half of the time, it's very instinctive because I've been used to playing in a park where I've got to turn left, right at any, any point, any minute, any time now because people are coming from left, right and centre to get the wall because it's only one wall 
that you're playing with to try and score and go through to the next round. So building up my skills in, in, in unity clothes, doing that has helped me be the footballer that I am today. So when people say, oh, yeah, he don't know what you, well, he does, he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, <laughs> mate, I haven't been in academy. I've grew up playing in the park with 40, 50 people and I've got to turn left or right at any given moment. So when I see someone from the side of my eye coming, I'm doing something automatically. Why? Because I've generated and learned that over the years. Going back to injury, when I had the injury, ACL, meniscus, I lost a bit of that. That stuff there was natural and I lost it. And that was probably one of the hardest skills that I couldn't get my head around. So when I went into cut inside at one time, when I was playing for Everton, I can't remember. I was almost, I almost left the ball. My body went, but I left the ball. So the timing, all of that kind of things, all of those things there, people would never realise. You just think, ah... Mate, he, he's tried to sell himself a dummy or whatever, but I've actually missed the ball, missed the timing because the brain's not in sync with my body where I want to go. Where before, that was natural. That was natural. Like, just didn't have to think about it. If someone comes from the left, I go back. Someone comes from the right, go that way. Someone comes from the side, forward, do what, you know, do something, you know, because that was the way I grew up. That was the way... I've, um, I formulated myself in the park and, you know, I, I, I'm grateful to today for all of those people I used to play with in their state. Yeah, it was, it was a brilliant clip and yeah. uh, obviously like, great, great, great for you guys at Palace to go on that run to the FA Cup final. And um, I know Chris said earlier that he couldn't remember you scoring headers, but I remember you popping up in the uh, the semi-final with that header. Uh, in the actually, back. yeah, Chris, Chris, come on, man. I scored one against West Brom as well, you know. <laughs> and then the Andale, Andale, I started scoring. Everyone's like, are you a back post merchant? I was like, nah, but, you know, I didn't know I had this skill. Maybe because I didn't like getting in the box too much. I used to just hang out on the way and go, hey, guys, pass me the ball. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I can take on my man because that's what I used to like doing. I used to always, the way I play the game is like, if I see right back, left back, I'm saying, nah, none of this inside business. I'm going up against you. You know, today... <laughs> I want to go up against you. So if I go head to head with him, I know, yep, yeah, I've got the better of him. And that's the way, that's the way I am. You know, maybe, maybe that being that way nowadays is a bit um, old school. Now I'm doing an interview with you. Yeah. We won't keep you too much longer, Yannick. You can go and play with your kids. No, 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 no way. No problem, no problem. So um, you touched on it briefly, and I know we've, we've mentioned the, the injury in um, quite a lot mm -hmm. of depth and how that's affected your sort of natural game. Just oh. talk to us about sort of, you mentioned playing in Malta as an 18-year-old, but talk yeah. about your experiences in sort of Anderlecht and, and Lisbon and playing in different countries and sort of getting used to a different culture and an environment. Well, Anderlecht was a bit easy. Um, it, was a, it was a bit easy because I spoke French. I speak French as well, so, you know, that, that kind of just clicked, you know, it was almost like, actually, the, I was almost like, oh, I've gone from Villa to an, an, another decent change room, you know, so, like, I felt like, yeah, okay, it feels nice here, you know, considering I'm in a different country, it did feel like, actually, it's, yeah, it's not too bad, I did enjoy going in there, you know, sporting was a bit difficult, if I'm honest, you know, because I brought the whole family out, kids going to school, not able to speak the language and stuff and that that was a killer for me all of those little things i didn't realize you know because i just think oh yeah i'm going out to play they'll be all right 
kind of thing. But you can really see, like, you know, they wasn't really clicking and getting to where I thought they would be, you know, as in, like, adapting. They didn't adapt. They didn't adapt. So it made, it made it difficult for me. And it's crazy to think that, you know, because my kids were with me in Birmingham. Um, they, they they came with me to Belgium and then obviously sporting and then sporting was the one where I saw that actually it wasn't the same it wasn't the same they weren't the same kind of thing with everything just in general it's, um, it's yeah, tough know. isn't it because like, like you say you go in on loan so you know it's probably only short term and you like yeah. to take the family with you setting them up in yeah. schools they're trying to make friends you're yeah. thinking about the, the football side of things and football trying to concentrate side, yeah. on that, but you've got so many different outside influences. It's not just like rocking up in London, getting in your car in the morning, that's taking the mean. and then going to training, and that's all you focus on. You're thinking about the relationships they're building, how your your wife's getting on, is she making friends? It, yeah, is no, that, that, that's what I mean. My missus didn't have no friends out in Portugal, so... For her, that was like, it was almost like she's got to wait for me to come home and then I'd be tired already because it was like kind of long days over there. So, you know, with, with, with our communication and stuff, it started tailoring off a little bit. And these are the little things that you realise, you know, like we, we live far from the town centre as well. You know, so it was difficult. It was difficult. Where Belgium, I, I lived like in the centre, but Belgium, my missus could still come back to London one hour on, on the Eurostar. It was easy. You know, the kids loved their school there. So it was also my, it almost felt like, actually, no, it's not been much of a change from Villa, has it? You know, it's all right. So I settled in quickly, kind of thing. So, yeah. You know, we mentioned earlier about headers. I actually remember you scoring a header um, for, um, for Anderlecht, no, for, uh, for Sporting Lisbon um, in the Europa League. Oh, yeah. I think you would. Did you, you, I'm sure. Yeah, we won 1 0. We won 1 0. Yeah. To be fair, um, I, 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 should, I, I should have had about six, seven headers that season. I, I don't know what's, what was going on. I, I, I started closing my eyes and I was like, no, I've been eating these for my dinner, but maybe it's just everything that was going on. I don't know because if I would have had that, like let's say them chances there, you would have given me a Villa or Anlet. Yeah, I would have eaten them up. But wait, I'm saying I should be scoring and almost closing my eyes before I, I even headed the ball kind of thing. You know, but sport, sporting was difficult as well because we had five different managers there, man. Now, if I thought, like, England was crazy or, let's say, Everton had three or Villa had two at the time I was there with and Bruce and obviously now Dean Smith, sporting had five. Like, one got sacked the day I came. <laughs> the day I came. And then we went into an intern manager... He took over for three, four weeks. He, he looked like he might get the job. He done a right, boom, he went. Then we had one for two, three months, for about three months. Then he went. So, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. Stability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, so, so that already, for me, I'm like, where, where am I really at kind of thing? You know? <laughs> you know, obviously, from the outside, it's, it is a massive club, no doubt. But that, Five, five different managers. I'm saying, no, listen, I, I've never heard of this. Honestly, I've never heard of it, and I never use that. I will never use that as an excuse because I, I played on the, um, all five basically, but still, like everyone came with their different philosophies. Yep, and it was like change, like getting a blank sheet and 
starting again, you're learning. Okay, this one went away. Starting again, you're learning. That's what it was. So if, even though we got to the last 32 of the Europa, you know, and I did have a good experience doing that. Obviously, playing Europa League and stuff, it was a good experience. All the other stuff, were, it was up in the air, man. It was up in the air. Honestly, like I can't can't say no more. But it was good experience. I learned some things. You know, I know a bit of Portuguese. You know, it, it it was good. It was it was good in some respects. But like for the family overall, I think it was difficult. What about um? So obviously, what about so talking about coming forward to now? Um, there was the the move that didn't happen um to Middlesbrough on deadline. Mm-hmm. What's the kind of plan now um going i suppose going towards january um because obviously well well for me like obviously disappointed about the 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 middlesbrough move or whatever but you know i've been training and doing what i do best like i said like the feeling of how i feel now you know my my win is if i look at the way i felt two way two years ago to now it's like i'm not gonna complain because i know what i can do so if I get the, given that chance, I know I'm taking it with both hands. So I'm going to keep training and doing what I do best and keep working hard because that's all I know. You know, as you can see, I went to Malta, come back, England, done all the leagues. So it, it's not been given to me on the plate and it's not going to be the same now. So nothing's changed on my perspective. I'm going to keep working and doing my thing. You know, keep training hard and wait for the chance at Everton to see what the future holds. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, you're... You know, and, and you mentioned it. You didn't come for an academy. You've had to work hard to get yeah. leagues. You've taken risks going to different countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, you know, fair play to you for, for the ded- dedication that you've put in. Um, mm-hmm. Off to you, everything. Hopefully, going forward, um, you know, whether it be get, you know playing at Everton or getting a move elsewhere, yeah. meaning it'll certainly be um, be following you. Ho- hopefully, you'll get a few more headers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jumping in your cords, Yannick. Yeah. <laughs> just before we finish, we've got a, yeah. a few, a few kind of quick questions that we'll fire yeah. up that we that we tend to ask everybody. Okay. Um, so, who would you say the best player that you've played with is? Oh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> That's not easy. <laughs> nah, man. Put you on the spot, Ariane. That one's not easy. Like I had, I had a connection with Will. Yeah, I had a connection, a great connection with Rom. I had a great connection with Jack. Had a great connection with Ross as well. No, 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 no. That's that's difficult, you know. Honestly, honestly, that's difficult. That is, that, is, that is hard. But obviously, if I'm saying connection-wise and the longest that I played with, it would it be Wilf, yeah? Wilf Zaha. Yeah. I was in all fairness. Oh, but they're saying that I played with Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. Like, played with Gilfie. I played with some uh, dokus that Like, nah, nah, there's some good players there, you know? It's, it's, not, it's not straightforward. Someone told me to do my, my best 11. As well. I said, nah, I don't think I could. There's some good players. Very good players. <laughs> Kabai... Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's, a, there's a lot, yeah. There's so, a lot. Nice. I, I thought looking at it, I kind of thought, okay, yeah. There's a lot of players, like you mentioned, you know, Bruno, especially Bruno Fernandez doing well in the in, in the Premier League stuff like that. I thought probably would say Wolf Zaha because there was that yeah. time at Palace. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
the 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 double act was was crazy, you know. And, and like just like I know that he's gonna do something down his wing. I was like, yeah, I, I gotta do something down mine's. But I think if mine's and wrong was longer, that would have been a big problem. Yeah, because I knew where he was with the back back of uh, back uh, with the eyes on the back of my head. I knew where he would be. Yeah, and yeah, that 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 got cut short. But otherwise, now nah, it's been. And even that with 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 Jack with Jack at um, Villa, where he's taking three players, but obviously I'm just coming back from injury, so you know my IQ for the football, like I said, I have to build it up. But I knew like actually I can play with this guy proper, proper. What about Tammy as well? Actually, you know, Tammy. <laughs> Tammy. See, it's, it's, it's too it's too many too. It's Tammy because like I gave him a couple of balls, and I'm saying actually, yeah. I can get I can get him a couple of goals, you know. That's the way I look at things, you know. When I'm playing, I'm not saying oh, I'm saying what can I do for this striker? How can I get him goals? And I'm saying yeah, I can get him goals easy. Just he just needs to be there, yeah. Because I'm I can put the ball there. Tammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tammy, yeah. Good job you dropped that. One. Yeah. What about um, the best manager you've played for, and not not just Sporting Lisbon, but um, but overall whole career? <sighs> Who would I say is the best manager? I, I I did I did I did like I did like Ronnie um Ronald Koeman, you know, obviously but it was a short period of time there. Um so if I think who gave me So each man like the way I would say Christian Bray is each manager gave me different things. Different things like like I said, Tom is like he added to that defence again, which enabled me to stay in the team. Neil Warnock came, made it a bit more freer. So he started playing me up front. Padre, I, I, would, I, I would have to say it's um, Padre because he bought... He started making sure that I added the goals. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't let, he didn't let it slide if I said, ah, yeah, he'd always be on me kind of thing. So, yeah. I would say, yeah, partly because he started playing me all different roles, you know, number 10, number 7, number 11. So, you know, the ability to do that, I actually believe, like, things are going to come off. Yeah, that's, that, 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 that for me, yeah, probably, I would say Alan Pardew, you know. But I did, I'm not going to lie, I did like Dean Smith a lot. I did like Dean Smith a lot. Like, it's a shame that I wasn't where I thought I could be under Dean Smith because that would have been something mad. Because him and JT and Rich, yeah, top guys, top guys. JT as well. I like JT on a one-to-one basis. You know, he was doing a lot with me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was going to say best fans, but I think it would be a bit harsh for you to kind of Pick best fans. Oh, come on. We're going to put the hometown fanatics up against you guys, the whole set. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got followers who are you know Palace Palace nah, fans nah, and stuff nah, like nah, that nah, so nah. wouldn't go down well. Do you still have <laughs> any shirts from your time at Villa? Stay there, mate. Stay there. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, nah, I got all three. I got all three, man. No, that one there. Uh, Oh, that's the yeah the third strip that we had that I've season. I've got the yeah. white the white strip as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, lovely. Come on. Yeah. So, yeah. so we really appreciate your time. 
Yannick, it's been class and uh, right, we can't pleasure, wait for pleasure, guys. to go out. Pleasure. And hopefully um, there'll be a lot of viewers from all your different clubs enjoy it too. Nah, no worries, no worries, man. It's been a pleasure, guys. Thanks, Chris. Cheers, Bill. I'll, I'll, speak, to you, I'll speak to you soon. All right, okay, nice, mate. Peace. Cheers, thanks for your time.